I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. back for episode 70 this is a big right. round number 70 yes we did yeah, it of digital divination only 30 more episodes to go okay why not <laughs> yeah. well oh i don't know it seems like 30 sounds like a lot to do. it does it does sound like a lot but i was i was trying to be casual about it yeah yeah no 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 that's that's fine well, how's your uh, how's your past couple of weeks been there, uh, Jason? It's been been all right. Yeah, the, the, been a busy weekend. Strangely, yeah. surprisingly busy. I don't know why. Even though uh, I had Friday off, but uh, yeah. enjoying it. Good. good I oh good. I I we started watching since since last we talked. Uh, we started watching Andor. Oh, how do you like it? Yes, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I like yeah. how it begins, and it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a Star Wars thing. And right. you only get that sort right. of like little bits of Star Wars kind of peppered in with names you recognize and, you know, then the Empire mm-hmm. and stuff. But like a lot of it mm-hmm. doesn't feel the same as any other Star Wars thing, which is which is great because I've been getting a little Star Wars fatigue. <laughs> How many episodes in are you? Uh, nine. Oh, you watched the whole thing? Pretty much. We have the, There's one more that we haven't watched wow. that's out already. And then okay. we'll be caught up essentially. Yeah. Yeah. No, I we, we actually I think we watched six maybe even seven and then mm-hmm. we kind of we'll wait we'll wait for the rest of them to come out and we'll just watch ah, them all okay. through yeah, a weekend yeah, yeah. or something uh I, I thought it started kind of slow well yeah the first one i thought was kind of fun episode mm-hmm. a lot of action then the second one i thought was really kind of slow <laughs> and then it really kind of built nice from there yeah i don't i don't mind it being a little slow yeah it, yeah, yeah. It, it was, as it is you know yeah yeah well great great but yeah how, how about you well, uh, this is the, coming up on Monday. This is my last week of the teaching term, oh. and it's been really busy because everything's kind of coming together, and we're hiring new faculty, so we have to bring in all these job candidates and watch them mm-hmm. practice, t- you know, show their teaching, show their research, and so mm-hmm. my schedule, which is usually pretty open, and I don't have a lot going on, now all my open spots have been filled up, so uh, I'll be glad come. I think come Wednesday, I think after Wednesday, my schedule opens way up again until like January 3rd. So oh, great. It's, uh, yeah. So once I get through this, you know, I have a couple open days, like Wednesday, Thursday, I don't have any class or anything. Friday, I have one, like uh, students will do final presentation things. Mm-hmm. And I have a little bit of grading and then I'm off until January Terrific. 3rd. So. Love it. Yeah, I got to do some writing and stuff, but it's it would be a, yeah, very relaxing, <laughs> very relaxing. <laughs> yeah, you can take your time. Italy's. Yeah. So uh, last episode we were talking about adventures, and you actually showed mm-hmm. the uh, hardcover for the Dead Sons uh, compilation, yeah, which I right. thought was very cool, very cool. And I thought we would talk about, and I mentioned this last time, we would talk about our top five adventures. And uh, so are you ready for that? First of all, I'm all ready. 
<laughs> already. Okay. And Very I thought um, we would count, uh, we go from five to one. So our, our sure. fifth lip best and, and down to one. And then uh, we'll go ahead and alternate, you know, so. Sounds good. In my fifth, you say, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Um, I'll, I'll go first because what I, my, my first couple are a little uh, asterisky, I would say. Anyway, I, it's going to sound, I, I put an asterisk next to them because, well, you'll see why when I okay. show you what number I probably five have the same thing for my first one, so it's fine. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, number five is, uh, uh, I'm going to be real narcissistic. It's, 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 it is one that I wrote and it, it's one of my favorites because of, uh, some reasons I'll go to, but it's, um, hey, the chimera mystery. Oh, the, nice. Uh, yeah. First volume of the threefold conspiracy adventure path. Uh, mm-hmm. and the reason I, I, I would like, I, I wanted to bring this one up is because, um, I got to write a mystery. Mm-hmm. I got to sort mm-hmm. of start it as a traditional mystery and to, and thinking about all of the ways that you do mysteries and adventures and 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 how uh to do that and sort of framing that and presenting coming up with all the um clues and uh personas uh i drew myself a a, 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 a like a, a map basically of who knows who and what are yeah. all the motives for wow. the the, wow. uh, the 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 mystery and and so what people can find uh so it's so one of the ones uh that i kind of in a way, um, Chris Sims was a developer for this, and we had, you know, because uh, we had talked a little about what this would be and, and whatnot. But he was basically like, well, just give me a mystery, and so um, uh, I, I told him, you know, basically what it was going to be. But then I, this is the most sort of like work that I would put into something that I was only technically freelancing for. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, that's why I like that one. Uh, I think cool. also I think it's a good mystery. I think there, uh, <laughs> but there's also a reveal at the end that throws everything into question, uh, which I which I also love. Um, and there's some good personalities in there. I thought were you know fun fun mystery types. You know your NPCs are who done it and and why. And it's got a nice twist that would be a normal a good normal mystery too, not just the fact that this is a weird sci-fi. And it's also, you know, it, it is a sci-fi mystery. You couldn't have this kind of mystery. Right. I guess you could have it in a fantasy with certain types of, but, but for the most part, it is a sci-fi mystery. Well, one of, one of the things I'll say is that I, I was counting through all the APs I've played and or GM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, eight individual books. And that's 29. Okay. 29. So a com- bunch of complete series and stuff. And um, that's one I haven't played or GM'd. <laughs> so I, I, I now I'll have to do it. it sounds take sounds my word good. for it. All it's right. a, yeah, yeah. All uh, right. The whole AP is is though is a is a little bonkers. <laughs> okay, but in a good way. In a good way. Right. Well, my I'll go with my number five, mm-hmm. and and I made cue cards uh, or visual. So so my number oh, five is go. is an adventure. The first adventure I wrote, and it's the Ooh, Starfinder yeah. Bounty number one. So the very first of the Starfinder bounties. Mm-hmm. And I've been asking to write an adventure for two years. And finally, uh, I got word back from Jenny Jarzabski at the time that, yes, I'll mm-hmm. get to write the first Starfinder bounty, which I thought was yeah. was really exciting. And then um, later on, Jessica Catalan took over the development of mm-hmm. it. The interesting thing was I was so excited for this that I wrote the entire thing in two weeks and Ooh. turned in my milestone with basically everything in it. Nice. Very good. Yes. And um, so I, I ended up 
changing a couple of things in there, but not much. It pretty much was done at the milestone and, and Jessica's actually giving me really good feedback on it. And Great. so, you know, I, I hope to write much more. I, I've talked to people about uh, things, but that was mine. Mm-hmm. And again, I liked it a lot <laughs> in part because it was the first thing I wrote, but also I got to put in an interesting twist in here, uh, including an Easter egg from um, all uh, how specific. So from a Marvel superheroes, uh, significant other, I based the main character in there on that. So, and uh, when I GM it and I've GM'd it three or four different cons, I will show a little slide to explain that Easter egg and stuff. Uh, (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Because otherwise you don't really get it. And I, I I mean, pretty cool. So (laughs) that's it. In a way, that's the way you want to go with Easter eggs is that you have to kind of have an idea what it yeah. is before you get it in yeah. a lot of ways. Otherwise it's too blatant and it gets kind of detracts. Yes. Me. No, I, I, I tried to do that in a, an earlier thing too blatant. And I didn't realize we weren't allowed to do that. Um, and I got called out on it by John Compton. So, okay. I, I now I'm going to be much more subtle. On, yeah. On yeah. I subtle right. is the keyword. Yes. Uh, all right. So we'll go to my number four, my number four. I don't have a visual for it because it is a uh, society adventure. Uh, scenario um and it is also the first society one that i wrote and i swear after this it's no more that i wrote although i will have developed all of them after this um (laughs) and that is um uh yesteryear's truth uh it's like real early on in the starfinder society thirsty asked me to write this uh and the reason i i I like this one a lot because it is a it's a kind of like a first contact scenario that is so very star trekky Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and it's sort of what's going on, um, and to to now spoil too much of it, but there's a, a, a basically like two societies on this planet, and one sort of lives in the caves, and another one lives in a very fancy city and has all their needs met, uh, and for, you know they don't have they're not at war or anything, but it's clear that there's always this there's the haves and the have-nots, uh, mm-hmm. and then the the PCs you know kind of explore making you know and and starting off. Good, you know, normal first contact. You got to figure out maybe a little bit of language stuff, and and then you know, do some 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 dance to what be welcomed home, and what you know, like do you yeah, participate yeah, in that? Yeah. It's all the sort of like culture stuff, yeah. uh, and then you meet the um, uh, uh, the others of the haves uh, who have the you know all these drones sort of uh, providing for them. I, I I had a lot of fun sort of doing some stuff, noticing how that that city's like beginning to break down, uh, right. especially when you go and you have you have food, you have a dinner with them, and then. Uh, all the plates get cleared away and then all the droids come back and put plates on, on your full of food again and everyone's just like <laughs> oh how delightful uh uh just trying to pretend like nothing's wrong uh right. uh and then uh, uh, uh then when you figure out what's happening the big question that i've run this a couple of times myself what do you do with the information what do you with the secret and then it, and and this is the fun part of what when you when you're doing starfinder society you notice that you don't have to worry about a prime directive do you, right. So it it all the options are open. Do you tell one group and not the other? Do you not tell anybody? And it, it's been interesting the few times that I've run it to see all the different ways that people want to right. to, right, to right. do it. For the most part, most everyone's like, "Well, we just kick this back up to the Starfinder Society. This is above our pay grade." Uh, but uh, uh, some people have gone in and basically you know, like not exactly started a revolution, but you know started that fomented the, the seeds of of said revolution. Yeah. When when we played that the first time, and I think that's um, one oh four. Is that the number four? I think yeah, yeah, one oh four, yeah, one oh four or th- um, three. 
103 or 104. I, yeah. I think 103 is one with Drift Deads. Anyway, but uh, it's been a long time because I, yeah. I could look it up really quick if you want. But it, anyway, so it's early on. I And that's one of the things I want yeah, to it is early on. Early on in society play. Um, we did that. We did, when I first played it, we did that revolution. And I've subsequently oh, nice, run yeah. it a couple of times. Until you said it now, I did not realize how much it was a Star Trek episode. It's Star Trek episode. I, now, yeah, I mean, all, all, everything in there is you know sort of from Thirsty about what 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 the past happened on this planet and what the, you know what happened okay. to them. But yeah, yeah. but uh, 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 the reason I like it so much is you know when you think about it, it's so very it's just so Star Trekky. Yes. Cool. Right, what's uh, what's what's your number four? All right, so my number four is also an early on uh, Starfinder Society, and I printed off visuals just to show. And this is Starfinder Society 120 called the mm. Duskmire Accord. Okay, yeah. I, are you familiar with that at all? Vaguely. Is, right. is this... I forget which one. Now I'm thinking of a couple other ones. But yeah, right. tell me tell me more. So, so this one takes place on Salvation's End, which is this okay, artificial yes, right. um, uh, planet that was discovered um, actually in a Starfinder uh, kind of a special, the 100 special. And uh, it's in one of the vaults that they find, mm -hmm. which is like an ecosystem. And in this ecosystem, there are three groups. Um, one of them are these uh, yetis, which is this mm -hmm. big, big, this thing here. Another one is a group of gnolls. And then the last, the last party isn't even a group. It's a, ooh, I don't, it's a single entity that is in a forest. Mm -hmm. I don't want to ruin it because they don't, they don't spell it out early on. But okay. when you see it, it's really, really cool. Um, and so this is again another Star Trekky kind of hmm. kind of story. Uh your goal is to somehow uh kind of get the three factions to get along and do stuff. And and so that's kind of neat. but what I really like about it are uh the mucklucks, which are, are the big yeti ones because oh, all yeah. they do is lay around all day and uh sniff this uh this gas that they they come up from vents and their thing. And so they're basically all stoned the whole time. And, uh, and <laughs> one of the boons you can get. So if you complete this, you can get a boon where um, prior to you go on the adventure, um, I think it will give you a plus one to constitution or strength, something like that. But you say, I'm going to go party with the Eddies. And <laughs> it gives you a, a plus one ahead of time. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then the third, and should I spoil the third entity? Cause it's really cool. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because it's a long game. Right. So the third entity, which you don't find out to the very end, is a unicorn with oh. a grenade launcher for a horn. I'm familiar with that unicorn. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, wow, that, you know, so that that's just, it's such a great graphic visual and, yeah. um, and, and the way the story unfolds. So, so that was a lot of, that's a fun one. I've run that a bunch of times. And when you run it with players, that have no idea what's coming. It is just, there's so many fun, fun things out there because the Yetis are really goofy. And then everybody's really fearful about this ghost in the forest that kills everything that goes in. And it turns out it's this unicorn with a grenade launcher. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. You're up. Um, number three. Yeah, okay. My number three. So I kind of knew I wanted to talk about four and five. 
pretty when we, when we talked about this. Then I had a real yeah. tough time sort of narrowing down all the other adventures that exist and what I liked and what I, you know. Uh, 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 so uh, this is a real Sophie's choice in a lot of ways. Uh, but um, I went with I hope, my number I hope three. It's not a Sophie's choice. I, I have to burn really all the other it. books that I don't oh, pick. Oh, man. It was okay. the rule, right? I thought that was Ooh. the rule, John. <laughs> uh, I went for my number three is Husk World, the third oh, yeah. volume yeah. of the Attack yep. of the Swarm Adventure Path by yep. Liz Liddell. Yep. Um, and the reason I picked this one uh, is uh, it's sort of – it's getting to a point where you've got to go and you've got to go – you're kind of going behind enemy lines on the big war. I mean yeah. here's a planet that's already been sort of sucked dry by the swarm, and you meet these really cool – um, you know, resistance fighters, and you kind of kind of pick around and get to get the information that you want. Um, but uh, uh, this was um, uh, Liz's idea to include this one particular dun- dungeon uh, that's in there that is inside a giant swarm creature. Yes, uh, yes, I remember so, that. So yeah, and it is uh, uh, when uh, when they sort of told me about that, I was like, yeah, oh yes, this is cr- oh, it's it's not what I was thinking, but it's bonkers and I love because you know this was one of the <laughs> ones I was kind of like I, I know I wanted to feel like you know you're behind enemy lines and had to be careful and you see all the destruction the swarm has wrought, but I wasn't really sure about specifics, um, so you know I, I sort of turned Liz loose on that and uh, what they came back with was people I mean, you've got to go inside it and you got to go in there yeah. and you punch some swarmer other swarmer inside yeah. you, you know you fight them and there's other oozes that are basically like giant like white single cell amoebas kind of situation and mm-hmm. then the whole thing explodes from the inside and it collapses while you're running out of it and it, it, it's just very exciting and very weird and interesting and it's sort of a fun thing that yeah. you know proving you know we do all this weird starfinder stuff right <laughs> yeah when we played that it really reminded me of those uh big flame throwing bugs in starship troopers mm. that's right yeah, you know, yeah kind yeah, of a big yeah, yeah. massive thing in there so when we were inside i was afraid that oh if we if we knock something out, all of a sudden this liquid plasma would start getting all over us or something. <laughs> I mean, so. There's plenty of stomach acids in there too. So. Yes, yes, <laughs> already. Yeah, yeah. No, that was fun. That was good. Yeah. All right. Uh, my my next one, my number three. Again, this is a throwback to um, Starfinder Society Year One. This, this will be the last of my Starfinder ones. This is one fourteen, and and this is the classic. Star Sugar Heart Love, written oh, by Star Eleanor Farron. And, yeah. uh, and this is just a lot of fun. Um, kind of that they introduce you to Songbird Station and Star mm-hmm. Sugar Heart Love and kind of the band and things. And uh, the interesting thing is there's been a couple follow-ups to this, and they have the very same feel, even though they weren't written um, by Eleanor. And I really love this a lot. And at PaisaCon that year, it was my very first PaisaCon, I went there and Eleanor was going around talking to people to see how they how they liked it. And she actually had little paper minis that she had made mm-hmm. of the yeah. of each of the people in the band that she was giving out to people. And so that that was kind of my first interaction with a a Paizo uh, author or developer on top wow. of uh, you know getting started. And it was like, man, this these folks they are so cool. They're like regular <laughs> people, and they want to talk to you about stuff and. Yeah, and she, that was the first time I met her. She was really, really nice, and I really loved uh, playing Star Sugar Heart Love. Yeah, I mean, having your first interaction with a Paizo employee be Eleanor is, yeah. I mean, you can't ask for any better, really. She's great. And uh, we might hear about more from Eleanor later in this list. <laughs> okay. All right. Just a uh, teaser. We're, 
we're at the top uh, top two now. Top two. All right. Let's we're we're screaming through this. We're screaming through. Um. Uh. uh my second one is uh is uh, actually the uh, diaspora strain. Uh, okay. First volume of Signal Screams by Chris Sims. This was another mm-hmm. one too. Like, uh, uh, this is actually like basically the. This has got a couple of things. This is basically the first volume of an adventure path that I developed that was kind of entirely my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Until then, I'd been sort of working with outlines that Rob and other people had sort of created on on, on right. against the Throne and stuff. Uh, and I know I wanted it to be kind of like again a kind of a rug pull a little bit. It's like you're going to the spa that yes. uh, 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 to hang out and do some of the great stuff, but you know, and then a bunch of horror stuff happens, right? So you, <laughs> uh, so you know, I asked him, and at the time Chris was just sort of. Uh, coming uh, to work, and I was like, "Well, you're going to be developing one of these adventure paths. I think you should write one just to see how it goes, you know, so you know the 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 how the tempo and all that." Right. But this one does a great job of doing not a quite a um, not the, quite the same style as all the other adventure as many other adventure paths where you should have like point A to point B. It sort of like right, presents right, right. the entirety of the spa pretty much. Right. Two level. He he drew these great maps. Uh, <laughs> came up with all these uh, areas where you'd be you know hanging out in pool areas and shops and the restaurants and stuff like that. Uh, basically, so you get this whole ecosystem. Uh, what's open, whatever, and then you get a little bit of um, uh, uh the fact that he he came up with all these other um the other guests that are there like this brutaris team essentially that is staying there that you get to interact with and uh, a couple other people like like uh, basically this sort of like tech mogul type um Mm -hmm. and uh um i'm trying to remember if there's any some other some other people um and uh you know sew them all in and then then you sort of like then sort of throw in all these little slightly weird things get a little creepy a little creepy and then it dulls into full horror when you know sort of a Emergency lights flashing, darkness everywhere. Find your way out. Oh, you're cut off from the outside world. Uh, uh, basically, a situation that I thought he uh, he he nailed that. Uh, and uh, um, the other reason uh, I like this adventure volume, I'll just say too, is that um, I got our uh, uh, my good friend Epidiah Ravishal to write a little uh, a creator of the RPG Dread to write a little. How to run horror in Starfinder article because oh, yeah. he's sort right, of right, right. I remember uh, that. a big yeah, yeah. a big horror a horror bigwig in a lot of ways, and he actually managed to you know he threw in some some actually some player options and stuff in there too. It's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the arc, uh, sorry the the theme that's in here the paranormal investigator theme it's in the end of that right. article. He was like I kind of wanted it to be a little bit like a uh, a uh, uh, Ghostbusters a Ghostbuster in a way. So right. it's why the the choice of the plus you get can be the are you a academic type or are you sort of a more charismatic charismatic type of ghostbuster so um a lot of great stuff in the volume but also i like the adventure nice yeah i remember boy it's been several years pre-pandemic playing that and uh, one of the things that stands out is the spa and all the things there how it's kind of open world right yeah do whatever you want and figure it out there were events though that would happen Mm -hmm. i think that's how it was driven and then the stuff under underground too yeah, on top find, of that. It, yeah, yeah. You find the, the and back rooms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there were some tough things there. So, so oh yeah. All right, my number two, um, and this is also an adventure path book, and this mm. is book six of Donna Flame, Assault mm. on the Crucible, by our friend Jason Tondro, mm-hmm. and I like this for a, a couple of reasons. One is, this was the the final uh, book that we went through in our actual play episode that we had recorded and Jason ran it for us and he made it 
really challenging for us <laughs> going through, really developed the story well. It was a lot of fun. And I didn't realize how much he had put into kind of his running of it until I actually ran this for my group about a month later, mm -hmm. had another group of folks. And I saw how much he kind of flavor he added right, as yeah, we were yeah. going along. And and so I was able to incorporate that as well, having heard it and done it. Mm -hmm. But this is like, you know, our first higher level. So higher uh, levels, 12 to 13, higher level play, um, really a tough, big, bad. Um, several of the, 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 the final battles there in, in the crucible that you're assaulting are, mm -hmm. are so hard. Hardest thing I've ever you know, yeah. kind of encountered in, uh, in Starfinder up to that, up to that date. And the way that Jake ran it was he didn't allow us to rest. He put us on a clock and I, you know, I understand you're supposed to be on the clock for, for various reasons, but he really drove that into us. So we didn't rest mm -hmm. the entire book as yeah. we're going through. And that made it so hard on us <laughs> as, as a team to go through. We were, just, you know, people were dropping like flies. We'd recover. We'd have to heal a little bit. And then on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. So it was, uh, it was a challenge. And, but it was, I think it was a very fitting end to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a, a kind of a nice big story arc. So we enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, that just goes to show putting in your own, even as an author, and I'm sure he had a lot of that stuff thinking about right. what you can fit in into the word count. But also, when you're running it as a, you're not the author of it, and you pick something up, you can always just sort of give it give it a little bit of a give it a bit of a juge to 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 make it your own to make it really memorable. And that's that's mm -hmm. great. I'm I'm glad. Nice. Um, yeah. Number right. one. Here, here's number my number one. one. My number one. Eleanor's back with Escape from the Prison Moon. Yes. Uh, second volume of uh, Against mm -hmm. the Iron Throne. The, the reason I picked this one is it because it does two, it, it basically is two adventures in a lot of ways in one. Mm -hmm. uh, the first part is that, uh, you know, you end up at this alien space station, and Eleanor did a great job of making it weird and alien because, you know, it's near Aslanti space and you're supposed to be, you know, uh, not supposed to, you're supposed to be uncomfortable there. Uh, we talk about how, like, the t humidity's off, the temperature's off, the doors don't recognize your biosignatures when you try to, like, walk in. You go to the vending machine, and it's full of nonsense goo. Uh, you meet some of the, uh, a lot of alien life forms there that you, that aren't common in the packed worlds and uh, uh, have interactions with them. Giant fuzzball, uh, a weird horseman who doesn't understand what, merchant what trading is or you just take something from you and gives you something um uh lots of you know just sort of weird stuff and then and then we move on to the full on the the uh the prison break itself where you've got yes. to assault this uh break some people out of this as lanty prison uh and eleanor basically uh then uh, this sort of gets to be a little bit of a sandboxy as well eleanor you know wrote up the prison oh, here's how it works and here's all the bits uh and um she wrote up this basically this alertness system for like, hey, right. if you're going in there, you're so, you kind of get in there. You kind of need a disguise. Uh, uh, you know, the the pass keys just sort of like land there, and then you can kind of sneak around a little bit. Uh, but then the more suspicious stuff you do, the more the guards are on alert and what happens there. And we've actually kind of used that alertness system several times mm -hmm. in other adventure paths, and it sort of is the go to that I point. Hey, if this is something you want, something this, take a look at this adventure. This is how you do it because uh, it's pretty succinct. Uh, uh, and he has a nice little chart for you to sort of keep track of. Um, and you know, like we said before, Eleanor kind of you know 
can't be beat. <laughs> um, right. So uh, uh, and this was actually right around the time, I think, actually, when she started to come work for, for Paizo. So I had reached out to her uh, the same, around about the same time. I was like, oh, if you're available, you know, if you, I know you're moving here and whatnot, but if you feel you can take this on, um, love to have you because I've, I had heard good things um and uh obviously she was you know getting hired so uh, uh i needed basically some uh, this is the sort of the stuff that i was really working on early in my development career that i needed those good uh those uh heavy hitters basically you know the ones who could who could who could help me along by writing you right. know great stuff um so yeah that's my i think that's my top one and i ran this one too uh, uh, i i've somehow haven't run i haven't run all of the adventures that i've developed somehow as i just don't have the time but i did run through this one and you know yeah. as always with an against the Aegon throne uh party um uh, one of them was an uplifted bear that seemed to be the norm <laughs> uh yeah. from yeah. all the ap's that i've seen and heard uh and they of course had to do they went and did the um the Chewbacca gambit, which is like, yes, oh, yes. people are going to pretend to be, you're going to be the prisoner. Yeah. And, when, and when the time comes, so they got separated. It was very fun that the, you know, as the yeah. uplifted bear got taken to sort of the delousing shower and stripped of all <laughs> the stuff. And it was, yeah. And then they had to yeah. break out from there. Basically. It was great. I, I believe we also tried the Chewbacca gambit when, when I went through as mm-hmm. a player, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the alert system, there's an alert system in dead sons as well. In book six oh. of Dead Sons. Oh, there's a little it, bit of that, yeah. Yeah, so is it the same system? Or no, I think it, that's different. This one is more like so sort of like a score. I don't think uh, the stuff in, in the... In oh, no, it's Dead timing is, for certain things. Yeah, it's a little bit... Yeah, just so I never, this I never ran that that book that you just mentioned, my Eleanor, so I don't know how the system works. But okay. I did run the one in Dead Sons, and I was kind of... And I've seen, I've seen the alert system in other places, so... I, that's yeah. that's really cool to see where it came yeah. from. Thanks. All right. Speaking of, of Dead Sons, my number one oh. is Dead Sons Incident at Absalon Station. Number one. Uh, and it's number one for a couple different reasons. And for me, the, the first one is this is what got me started at in Starfinder. So um, mm-hmm. Scott yeah. Kime actually was running this uh, for myself and Ron Lundeen. And a couple other folks that are in our actual play now, um, uh, Mark Wolcott, uh, Rob Helm, and uh, it I I just loved all the different aspects of Starfinder that are mm-hmm. kind of captured in this one one volume of the AP. It when I went to run it, it seems like it is got it's overstuffed. It's got so many different yeah. scenes, so many things, but is a standalone thing. I think it's a fantastic adventure to, to run somebody through. So I kind of have a lot of, you know, kind of positive vibes from that. In addition mm-hmm. at, um, it again, uh, Pisacon, one of my first Pisacons, I got to go into a author run special, uh, run by Rob McCreary of Ooh. the instant on Absalon station that he there was running go. there. And he had a 3d map of, of, of uh, I think the Acreon where we were at, whatever it was. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh wow, that you know. So again, I got to interact with an author of a of a, an AP book, who was also at the time the creative director. Or mm-hmm. I think no, he, he wasn't. wasn't. He no, wasn't. He was no. Yeah, what was that, he then? That, uh, just to, to to senior developer, I think. Senior developer. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Um, but it was you know, so it was again a really cool to go through and interact uh, with folks. And I still, to this day, I think that 
first book of, of Dead Sons is just a great intro for, for new players. And so when you mm-hmm. it showed the, the compilation in our last episode, I thought, man, I, I got to get that. That's that's <laughs> even though I have all the books, it's kind of neat to yeah. be neat to have it all together. So, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, there's some new art in that uh, Dead yeah. Sons compilation too. Not a ton, but there's a couple new pieces of art which are which uh, I think you'll enjoy. Uh, and like I said, yeah, uh, yeah, like you said, Dead Sons number one. Just basically, I mean, there was the the goal was like let's do everything, let's show everyone what Starfinder is, uh, mm-hmm. and it's you know again, Absalom Station introduction. You get to go to to Mama Fats. You get yes. to go to a disc a disco. Yeah, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so much, so much stuff in there. Um, do you have any honorable mentions? Ones that didn't quite uh, make the cut. Honorable mentions. I uh, had a, also a little bit of honorable mention with the uh, the Forever Reliquary, uh, the fourth okay. book of the Attack of the Swarm. Yeah. Uh, most I would say almost the entirety of the Attack of the Swarm would be my honorable mentions. Uh, but uh, uh, I presented Kate a sort of a, a Kate Baker who wrote it yeah. the a, a challenge of. Um, I need to, this is the, uh, you're going to a temple of a god of friendship and peace. So we need to have some encounters here that aren't fighting. And mm-hmm. how do you earn the favor of the god of, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Diplomacy. Yep. So yep. there's got to be, so she came up with some fun stuff there, like yep. talking to some multicolored blobs and uh, mm-hmm. herding dinosaurs. Uh, I, look, we all we all know Kate as the, as, uh, the queen of the dinosaurs, probably, uh, and there's uh, a reason for that. There's probably a dinosaur in your hair, <laughs> or some sort of dinosaur in every every adventure she's written. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, that one was great. Um, enjoyed the heck out of that one. And um, and now I'm blanking. I thought I might have had another one. Come back to me. Do you have an honorable mention? I do. It's uh, again from season one of Starfinder. It was a live exploration extreme um, mm. by John Compton. Yeah. And uh, that's where we, um, again, went back to Salvation's end. But it was the introduction of Zoe in kind of the showman of the pack worlds and, mm-hmm. and you know, where he was televising a group of Starfinders going into a vault to see what happened. Um, that was, that you know, again, it's a lot of fun in that part. And this is another one where I was at a convention in Portland and I was able to play in this game run by uh, John Compton. So nice, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of uh, fun to get uh, kind of the author um, put you through the paces on something like that. Yeah. yeah in fact, yeah. I, I, I've done quite a few games where I'd go to conventions and I was I always try to seek out author tables and and, and even now, like you know, for our convention here at Emilcon, we're uh, first weekend of December, we have, I think, seven VIPs, including authors of many things. And uh, you're scheduled to run uh, yeah. Skitter Shot? Skitter or Warp. Skitter I'm going to run the latest Skitter one, Warp. the, Dif- the yes. Drift Crisis uh, yes. for RPG Day adventure. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I would say also, all the Skitter Manor ones are <laughs> a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> they're, I, they're, they're, they're fun. They're fun to write. Um, and, uh, you know, just sort of the, the, the amount of, I just say though, the amount of meetings that we had before the first one that Mm. we could really like nail down Skittermander stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. was, was kind of remarkable. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah, We just wanted, it was just sort of like, you know, cause that was after like the alien archive entry had sort of come out. Right. 
um, right. and uh, or or was we had already developed it, right? But it was just like, well, why don't you, let's do it because everyone's gonna love Skinnermanders. Uh, what do we do? We do this, uh, you know, uh, uh, we should do a Weeby Goblin style thing, and we talked about how right. uh, how it shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't be goblins, right? They need to be different. So we're like, well, let's not have them talking broken English the way the goblins do. Let's have them have their own. And it's like, oh, let's come up with a couple. Um, uh, uh, you know, slang words that maybe skitters, skitter managers might use, and so you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I remember at uh, again at PaisaCon, Thirsty was going around, and he had skittermander boons, I like mm. five of them or something, and he was asking people to tell them the backstory of of their character, Starfinder character, and mm-hmm. and then when they did a good job, he gave them a boon. I think he gave out five of those and this is nice, you know, before anybody could have, you know, yeah. have one as a playable race. So, you know, it was a very kind of special kind of, I don't know if he's supposed to do that, but he did. <laughs> well, he did. He had them. Someone of- gave them to him. I mean, he was, yeah. he was head of Starfinder society basically at that point. So yes. he could have just, why not? Well, so you never know. It doesn't, but that's just paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like he's giving away books or you know something. Yeah, that I know. I know. Cost anything? What? Uh, Any more honorable mentions? Uh, look, I'm gonna do, do do my final sort of honorable mention. It's not. It's it's it, it's cheating. Uh, but it made me think a little bit. What you some of the stuff you had mentioned. Um, during a PaizoCon, I ran a uh one of those sort of like celebrity games. Oh, for yeah. Starfinder, yeah. where it was like uh, you know a couple of people from the from the uh, company, and I think um, uh, uh, an artist, the artist guest of uh, honor that year, whose name uh, I'm blanking on all of a sudden. Was um, it Wayne or somebody else? No, no, no. It was um, God. No, I can't remember. She did a lot of she did a lot of Starfinder stuff, um, and now I can't remember her name, and I feel I really know. bad about it. Um, uh, but um, you know, with a bunch of a big audience so we just ran it for a big audience right. uh, and that was a it's not a really i would call it an adventure that was just sort of a, a riff on i was doing a zoe thing as well it was a okay. riff on like a reality show slash you know um uh uh uh, 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 uh American Ninja Warrior sort of situation oh, right, right, right. and yeah. stuff like that yeah. and it was all just to basically like uh, uh it's a a massive gelatinous cube had to sort of appeared in space and for some reason, everyone wanted to please it. Uh, it was just, a, it was just called the cube, and, you know. The sh- and so it was like, what yeah. are you going to do? What do you do if you win to, you know, a dinner with the cube? And everyone's, you know, go cutting to the confessionals and stuff like that. And eventually, it was basically like uh, revealed that the cube just wanted to eat somebody. <laughs> so that was just a silly. That was a silly thing. But I, that was where I got to really, I got to, I got to hone my my uh, my Zoe persona. Uh, voice, yeah. which was, I thought, uh, uh, just a lot of fun for me. <laughs> I don't know if well, how people were watching yeah. it. But... Well, was Jenny Jarzabski there? Because that sounds a lot like Pack World Warriors, kind of what she wrote. It might, maybe it, it came. Yeah. I think it came before that. It wasn't okay. anything. That's so, what I'm saying. Uh, sentence. So, no, yeah, yeah. So if, if you came before, because that Pack World Warriors, which I think is season two, the first, the first one, basically is kind of a you know, Ninja Warrior kind of thing. And yeah, yeah. part of that, there is a big gelatinous cube in there too. Oh, really? Well, maybe yes. she was in the audience at the time. Yeah. Yeah, where you kind of go through something and, and you don't see it and you end up having oh, this right, cube. Oh, right, yeah. Well, so. this is sort of like, the cube was always just sort of the guest yeah, of I honor. Know. Right, 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 in this right. one. 
right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Well, you know, I I like doing these top five things. I, this is kind yeah, of a yeah, new thing time. for us. Um, one of the things I'll suggest is that if any of our listeners have any suggestions for top mm-hmm. fives that they want us to do, feel free to either uh, message us on Discord or so on the uh, No Direction Discord, you can put that in show's discussion. Um, you can also put it, uh, if you s- watch the video on this, you can put it in the comments for the video. Now for the next one though, I think we should talk about the next one. I kind of picked this one. Do you have a top five topic you're interested in? Oh boy. Have we done, we should have talked a little bit about aliens. I mean, how about this? Because mm. interstellar yeah. species, you just showed it. Why don't oh, yeah, we do yeah, top five yeah. playable I species? Inter- I feel like. I just got that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I we've like talked it. about this though, or maybe I've talked about it with other people. I, we've not Nevertheless. been around, but we could do a top five. Let's do top a top five. five. Favorite. Yeah. I, I like that. Top five playable species in Starfinder. Yeah. Okay. That sounds great. Okay. Well, Jason, thanks again for this week. Thank you. I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this has been Digital Divination.